0: chapter 7 of the step by anton chekhov translated by constance garnett 1861 to 1946 this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter 7 on the following night the wagoners had halted and were cooking their porridge on this occasion there was a sense of overwhelming oppression over everyone it was sultry they all drank a great deal but could not quench their thirst the moon was intensely crimson and sullen as though it were sick the stars too were sullen the mist was thicker the distance more clouded nature seemed as though languid and weighed down by some foreboding there was not the same liveliness and talk round the camp-fire as there had been the day before all were dreary and spoke listlessly and without interest Fantole did nothing but sigh and complain of his feet, and continually alluded to impenitent deathbeds. Dymov was lying on his stomach, chewing a straw in silence. There was an expression of disgust on his face, as though the straw smelt unpleasant, a spiteful and exhausted look. Vasha complained that his jaw ached and prophesied bad weather. Emelyan was not waving his arms, but sitting still and looking gloomily at the fire yegorushka too was weary this slow travelling exhausted him and the sultriness of the day had given him a headache while they were cooking the porridge dymov to relieve his boredom began quarrelling with his companions here he lolls the lumpy face and is the first to put his spoon in he said looking spitefully at emelyan greedy always contrives to sit next the cauldron he's been a church singer so he thinks he is a gentleman There are a lot of singers like you begging along the high road what are you pestering me for asked emelyan looking at him angrily to teach you not to be the first to dip into the cauldron don't think too much of yourself you are a fool and that is all about it wheezed out knowing by experience how such conversations usually ended pantalei and vasha intervened and tried to persuade dimov not to quarrel about nothing a church singer the bully would not desist but laughed contemptuously anyone can sing like that sit in the church porch and sing give me alms for christ's sake Ah, you're a nice fellow Emelian did not speak his silence had an irritating effect on Dimoth. he looked with still greater hatred at the ex-singer and said i don't care to have anything to do with you or i would show you what to think of yourself but why are you pushing me you mazeppa? amelion cried flaring up am i interfering with you what did you call me asked dymov drawing himself up and his eyes were suffused with blood Eh? Hey, i am a mazeppa yes take that then go and look for it dymov snatched the spoon out of amelion's hand and flung it far away kiruha vasya and Styopka ran to look for it while amelion fixed an imploring and questioning look on Pantalei his face suddenly became small and wrinkled it began twitching and the ex-singer began to cry like a child yegorushka who had long hated felt as though the air all at once were unbearably stifling as though the fire were scorching his face he longed to run quickly to the wagons in the distance but the bully's angry bored eyes drew the boy to him With a passionate desire to say something extremely offensive, he took a step towards Dimov and brought out, gasping for breath, "You are the worst of the lot. I can't bear you." After this, he ought to have run to the wagons, but he could not stir from the spot and went on. In the next world, you will burn in hell. I'll complain to Ivan Ivanitch. Don't you dare insult Emelyan! Oh, say this too, please," laughed Dimov. Every little sucking pig wants to lay down the law. Shall I pull your ear? Yegorushka felt that he could not breathe and something which had never happened to him before he suddenly began shaking all over stamping his feet and crying shrilly beat him beat him tears gushed from his eyes he felt ashamed and ran staggering back to the wagon the effect produced by his outburst he did not see lying on the bales and twitching his arms and legs he whispered mother mother and these men and the shadows round the camp-fire and the dark bales and the far-away lightning which was flashing every minute in the distance all struck him now as terrible and unfriendly he was overcome with terror and asked himself in despair why and how he had come into this unknown land in the company of terrible peasants where was his uncle now where was father christopher where was deniska why were they so long in coming hadn't they forgotten him at the thought that he was forgotten and cast out to the mercy of fate he felt such a cold chill of dread that he had several times an impulse to jump off the bales of wool and run back full speed along the road but the thought of the huge dark crosses which would certainly meet him on the way and the lightning flashing in the distance stopped him and only when he whispered mother mother he felt as if it were a little better the wagoners must have been full of dread too after yegorushka had run away from the camp-fire they sat at first for a long time in silence then they began speaking in hollow undertones about something saying that it was coming and that they must make haste and get away from it they quickly finished supper put out the fire and began harnessing the horses in silence from their fluster and the broken phrases they uttered it was apparent they foresaw some trouble before they set off on their way dimov went up to panteley and asked softly what's his name Yegory answered panteley dimov put one foot on the wheel caught hold of the cord which was tied round the bales and pulled himself up yegorushka saw his face and curly head the face was pale and looked grave and exhausted but there was no expression of spite in it yera he said softly here hit me yegorushka looked at him in surprise at that instant there was a flash of lightning it's all right hit me repeated dimov and without waiting for yegorushka to hit him or to speak to him he jumped down and said how dreary i am then swaying from one leg to the other and moving his shoulder-blades he sauntered lazily along the string of wagons and repeated in a voice half weeping half angry how dreary i am oh lord don't you take offense, Amelion? he said as he passed Amelion. Ours is a wretched, cruel life. There was a flash of lightning on the right, and like a reflection in the looking-glass, at once a second flash in the distance. Yegory, take this, cried Panteley, throwing up something big and dark. What is it? asked Yegorushka. A mat. There will be rain, so cover yourself up. Yegorushka sat up and looked about him. The distance had grown perceptibly blacker, and now oftener than every minute winked with a pale light the blackness was being bent towards the right as though by its own weight will there be a storm grandfather asked yegorushka ah my poor feet how they ache Panteley said in a high-pitched voice stamping his feet and not hearing the boy on the left someone seemed to strike a match in the sky a pale phosphorescent streak gleamed and went out there was a sound as though someone very far away were walking over an iron roof probably barefoot for the iron gave a hollow rumble it set in cried kiruha between the distance and the horizon on the right there was a flash of lightning so vivid that it lighted up part of the steppe and the spot where the clear sky met the blackness a terrible cloud was swooping down without haste a compact mass big black shreds hung from its edge similar shreds pressing one upon another were piling up on the right and left horizon the tattered ragged look of the storm-cloud gave it a drunken disorderly air there was a distinct not smothered growl of thunder yegorushka crossed himself and began quickly putting on his great-coat i am dreary dimov's shout floated from the foremost wagon and it could be told from his voice that he was beginning to be ill-humoured again i am so dreary all at once there was a squall of wind so violent that it almost snatched away yegorushka's bundle and mat the mat fluttered in all directions and flapped on the bale and on yegorushka's face the wind dashed whistling over the steppe whirled round in disorder and raised such an uproar from the grass that neither the thunder nor the creaking of the wheels could be heard it blew from the black storm-cloud carrying with it clouds of dust and the scent of rain and wet earth the moonlight grew mistier as it were dirtier the stars were even more overcast and clouds of dust could be seen hurrying along the edge of the road followed by their shadows by now most likely the whirlwind eddying round and lifting from the earth dust dry grass and feathers was mounting to the very sky uprooted plants must have been flying by that very black storm cloud and how frightened they must have been But through the dust that clogged the eyes, nothing could be seen but the flash of lightning. Yegorushka, thinking it would pour with rain in a minute, knelt up and covered himself with a mat. Pantalei, someone shouted in the front. Ava! I can't, Pantalei answered in a loud, high voice. Ava! Arya! There was an angry clap of thunder, which rolled across the sky from right to left then back again and died away near the foremost wagon holy 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 lord of sabaoth whispered yegorushka crossing himself fill heaven and earth with thy glory the blackness in the sky yawned wide and breathed white fire at once there was another clap of thunder it had scarcely ceased when there was a flash of lightning so broad that yegorushka suddenly saw through a slit in the mat the whole high road to the very horizon all the wagoners and even kiruha's waistcoat the black shreds had by now moved upwards from the left and one of them a coarse clumsy monster like a claw with fingers stretched to the moon yegorushka made up his mind to shut his eyes tight to pay no attention to it and to wait till it was all over the rain was for some reason long in coming yegorushka peeped out from the mat in the hope that perhaps the storm-cloud was passing over it was fearfully dark yegorushka could see neither panteley nor the bale of wool nor himself he looked sideways towards the place where the moon had lately been but there was the same black darkness there as over the wagons and in the darkness the flashes of lightning seemed more violent and blinding so that they hurt his eyes panteley called yegorushka no answer followed but now a gust of wind for the last time flung up the mat and hurried away a quiet regular sound was heard a big cold drop fell on yegorushka's knee another trickled over his hand he noticed that his knees were not covered and tried to rearrange the mat but at that moment something began pattering on the road then on the shafts and the bales it was the rain as though they understood one another the rain and the mat began prattling of something rapidly gaily and most annoyingly like two magpies yegorushka knelt up or rather squatted on his boots while the rain was pattering on the mat he leaned forward to screen his knees which were suddenly wet he succeeded in covering his knees but in less than a minute was aware of a penetrating unpleasant dampness behind on his back and the calves of his legs he returned to his former position, exposing his knees to the rain, and wondered what to do to rearrange the mat which he could not see in the darkness. But his arms were already wet, the water was trickling up his sleeves and down his collar, and his shoulder-blades felt chilly. And he made up his mind to do nothing but sit motionless and wait till it was all over. Holy, 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 he whispered. Suddenly, exactly over his head, the sky cracked with a fearful deafening din he huddled up and held his breath waiting for the fragments to fall upon his head and back he inadvertently opened his eyes and saw a blinding intense light flare out and flash five times on his fingers his wet sleeves and on the trickles of water running from the mat upon the bales and down to the ground there was a fresh peal of thunder as violent and awful the sky was not growling and rumbling now but uttering short crashing sounds like the crackling of dry wood tra ta 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 the thunder rang out distinctly rolled over the sky seemed to stumble and somewhere by the foremost wagons or far behind to fall with an abrupt angry tra the flashes of lightning had at first been only terrible but with such thunder they seemed sinister and menacing their magic light pierced through closed eyelids and sent a chill all over the body what could he do not to see them yegorushka made up his mind to turn over on his face cautiously as though afraid of being watched he got on all fours and his hands slipping on the wet bale he turned back again Ta, floated over his head rolled under the wagons and exploded Krah! again he inadvertently opened his eyes and saw a new danger three huge giants with long pikes were following the wagon a flash of lightning gleamed on the points of their pikes and lighted up their figures very distinctly they were men of huge proportions with covered faces bowed heads and heavy footsteps they seemed gloomy and dispirited and lost in thought perhaps they were not following the wagons with any harmful intent and yet there was something awful in their proximity turned quickly forward and trembling all over cried panteley grandfather ta 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 the sky answered him he opened his eyes to see if the wagoners were there there were flashes of lightning in two places which lighted up the road to the far distance the whole string of wagons and all the wagoners streams of water were flowing along the road and bubbles were dancing panteley was walking beside the wagon his tall hat and his shoulder were covered with a small mat. His figure expressed neither terror nor uneasiness, as though he were deafened by the thunder and blinded by the lightning. Grandfather, the giants! Yegorushka shouted to him in tears. But the old man did not hear. Further away walked Emelion. He was covered from head to foot with a big mat and was triangular in shape vasha without anything over him was walking with the same wooden step as usual lifting his feet high and not bending his knees in the flash of lightning it seemed as though the wagons were not moving and the men were motionless that vasha's lifted foot was rigid in the same position yegorushka called the old man once more getting no answer he sat motionless and no longer waited for it all to end he was convinced that the thunder would kill him in another minute that he would accidentally open his eyes and see the terrible giants and he left off crossing himself calling the old man and thinking of his mother and was simply numb with cold and the conviction that the storm would never end but at last there was the sound of voices yegeri are you asleep Pantalei cried below get down is he deaf the silly little thing oh something like a storm said an unfamiliar bass voice and the stranger cleared his throat as though he had just tossed off a good glass of vodka yegorushka opened his eyes close to the wagon stood pantalais emelyan looking like a triangle and the giants the latter were by now much shorter and when yegorushka looked more closely at them they turned out to be ordinary peasants carrying on their shoulders not pikes but pitchforks in the space between pantalais and the triangular figure gleamed the window of a low-pitched hut so the wagons were halting in the village yegorushka flung off the mat took his bundle and made haste to get off the wagon now when close to him there were people talking in a lighted window he no longer felt afraid though the thunder was crashing as before and the whole sky was streaked with lightning ah it was a good storm all right panteley was muttering thank god my feet are a little softened by the rain it was all right have you got down yegory but go into the hut it is all right holy 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 wheezed emelyan it must have struck something are you of these parts he asked the giants no from glenovo we belong to glenovo we are working at the plater's threshing all sorts just now we are getting in the wheat the lightning the lightning it is long since we have had such a storm yegorushka went into the hut He was met by a lean hunchbacked old woman with a sharp chin she stood holding a tallow candle in her hand screwing up her eyes and heaving prolonged sighs what a storm god has sent us she said and our lads are out for the night on the step they'll have a bad time poor dears take off your things little sir take off your things shivering with cold and shrugging squeamishly yegorushka pulled off his drenched overcoat then stretched out his arms and straddled his legs and stood a long time without moving the slightest movement caused an unpleasant sensation of cold and wetness his sleeves and the back of his shirt were sopped his trousers stuck to his legs his head was dripping what's the use of standing there with your legs apart little lad said the old woman come sit down holding his legs wide apart yegorushka went up to the table and sat down on a bench near somebody's head the head moved puffed a stream of air through its nose made a chewing sound and subsided a mound covered with a sheepskin stretched from the head along the bench it was a peasant woman asleep the old woman went out sighing and came back with a big watermelon and a little sweet melon have something to eat my dear i have nothing else to offer you she said yawning she rummaged in the table and took out a long sharp knife very much like the one with which the brigands killed the merchants in the inn have some my dear yegorushka shivering as though he were in a fever ate a slice of sweet melon with black bread and then a slice of watermelon and that made him feel colder still our lads are out on the step for the night sighed the old woman while he was eating the terror of the lord i'd light the candle under the ikon but i don't know where stepanida has put it have some more little sir have some more the old woman gave a yawn and putting her right hand behind her scratched her left shoulder it must be two o'clock now she said it will soon be time to get up our lads are out on the step for the night they are all wet through for sure granny said yegorushka i am sleepy lie down my dear lie down the old woman sighed yawning lord jesus christ i was asleep when i heard a noise as though someone were knocking i woke up and looked and it was the storm god had sent us i'd have lighted the candle but i couldn't find it talking to herself she pulled some rags probably her own bed off the bench took two sheepskins off a nail by the stove and began laying them out for a bed for yegorushka the storm doesn't grow less she muttered if only nothing struck and in an unlucky hour our lads are out on the step for the night lie down and sleep my dear christ be with you my child i won't take away the melon maybe you'll have a bit when you get up the sighs and yawns of the old woman the even breathing of the sleeping woman the half-darkness of the hut and the sound of the rain outside made one sleepy yegorushka was shy of undressing before the old woman he only took off his boots lay down and covered himself with a sheepskin is the little lad lying down he heard pantalais whisper a little later yes answered the old woman in a whisper the terror of the lord it thunders and thunders and there is no end to it it will soon be over wheezed pantaleh sitting down it's getting quieter the lads have gone into the huts and two have stayed with the horses the lads have they can't the horses would be taken away i'll sit here a bit and then go and take my turn we can't leave them they would be taken pantaleh and the old woman sat side by side at yegorushka's feet talking in hissing whispers and interspersing their speech with sighs and yawns and yegorushka could not get warm the warm heavy sheepskin lay on him but he was trembling all over his arms and legs were twitching and his whole inside was shivering he undressed under the sheepskin but that was no good his shivering grew more and more acute panteley went out to take his turn with the horses and afterwards came back again and still yegorushka was shivering all over and could not get to sleep something weighed upon his head and chest and oppressed him and he did not know what it was whether it was the old people whispering or the heavy smell of the sheepskin the melon he had eaten had left an unpleasant metallic taste in his mouth moreover he was being bitten by fleas grandfather i am cold he said and did not know his own voice go to sleep my child go to sleep sighed the old woman tit came up to the bedside on his thin little legs and waved his arms then grew up to the ceiling and turned into a windmill father christopher not as he was in the chaise but in his full vestments with a sprinkler in his hand walked round the mill sprinkling it with holy water and it left off waving yegorushka knowing this was delirium opened his eyes grandfather he called give me some water no one answered yegorushka felt it insufferably stifling and uncomfortable lying down he got up dressed and went out of the hut morning was beginning the sky was overcast but it was no longer raining shivering and wrapping himself in his wet overcoat yegorushka walked about the muddy yard and listened to the silence he caught sight of a little shed with a half-open door made of reeds he looked into this shed went into it and sat down in a dark corner on a heap of dry dung there was a tangle of thoughts in his heavy head his mouth was dry and unpleasant from the metallic taste he looked at his hat straightened the peacock's feather on it and thought how he had gone with his mother to buy the hat he put his hand into his pocket and took out a lump of brownish sticky paste how had that paste come into his pocket he thought a minute smelt it it smelt of honey aha it was the jewish cake how soft it was poor thing yegorushka examined his coat it was a little grey overcoat with big bone buttons cut in the shape of a frock coat at home being a new and expensive article it had not been hung in the hall but with his mother's dresses in her bedroom he was only allowed to wear it on holidays looking at it yegorushka felt sorry for it he thought that he and the great coat were both abandoned to the mercy of destiny he thought that he would never get back home and began sobbing so violently that he almost fell off the heap of dung a big white dog with woolly tufts like curl-papers about its face sopping from the rain came into the shed and stared with curiosity at yegorushka it seemed to be hesitating whether to bark or not deciding that there was no need to bark it went cautiously up to yegorushka ate the sticky plaster and went out again there are varlamov's men someone shouted in the street after having his cry out yegorushka went out of the shed and walking round a big puddle made his way towards the street the wagons were standing exactly opposite the gateway the drenched wagoners with their muddy feet were sauntering beside them or sitting on the shafts as listless and drowsy as flies in autumn yegorushka looked at them and thought how dreary and comfortless to be a peasant he went up to panteley and sat down beside him on the shaft grandfather i'm cold he said shivering and thrusting his hands up his sleeves never mind we shall soon be there yawned panteley never mind you will get warm it must have been early when the wagons set off for it was not hot yegorushka lay on the bales of wool and shivered with cold though the sun soon came out and dried his clothes the bales and the earth as soon as he closed his eyes he saw tit and the windmill again feeling a sickness and heaviness all over he did his utmost to drive away these images but as soon as they vanished the daredevil Dimov, with red eyes and lifted fists rushed at yegorushka with a roar or there was the sound of his complaint i am so dreary varlamov rode by on his little cossack stallion happy konstantin passed with a smile and the bustard in his arms and how tedious these people were how sickening and unbearable once it was towards evening he raised his head to ask for water the wagons were standing on a big bridge across a broad river there was black smoke below over the river and through it could be seen a steamer with a barge in tow ahead of them beyond the river was a huge mountain dotted with houses and churches at the foot of the mountain an engine was being shunted along beside some goods trucks yegorushka had never before seen steamers nor engines nor broad rivers glancing at them now he was not alarmed or surprised there was not even a look of anything like curiosity in his face he merely felt sick and made haste to turn over to the edge of the bale he was sick panteley seeing this cleared his throat and shook his head our little lad's taken ill he said he must have got a chill to the stomach the little lad must Away from home. It's a bad lookout. End of chapter seven recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.